Welcome to the Word Encounter, episode 102. Let's pick it up in Psalms chapter 89. The introduction of this chapter says, Perplexity about God's promises. God's promise is fulfilled in Jesus Christ, who will reign for eternity. The love and kindness promised to David is ours in Christ. In verse 1, it says, I will sing about the Lord's faithful love forever. I will proclaim your faithfulness to all generations with my mouth. I will declare faithful love is built up forever. You establish your faithfulness in the heavens. Verse 14, righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Faithful love and truth go before you. Verse 19, you once spoke about a vision to your faithful ones and said, I have granted help. I have granted help to a warrior. I have exalted one chosen from the people. I have found David, my servant. I have anointed him with my uh, sacred oil. My hand will always be with him and my arm will strengthen him. The enemy will not oppress him. The wicked will not afflict him. I will crush his foes before him and strike those who hate him. My faithful love will be with him and through my name, his horn will be exalted. Remember, the horn is symbolic of one's power, of one's strength. In verse 27, I will also make him my firstborn, greatest of the kings of the earth. I will always preserve my faithful love for him, um, and my covenant with him will endure. I will establish his line forever, his throne as long as uh, heaven lasts. If his sons abandon my instruction and do not live up to my ordinances, if they dishonor my statutes and do not keep my commands, then I will call their rebellion to account with the rod, their their iniquity with blows. So God is saying, if David's sons don't act right, well, they're going to pay. Verse 33, but I will not withdraw my faithful love from him or betray uh, my faithfulness. I will not violate my covenant or change what my lips have said. Once and for all, I have sworn an oath by my holiness. I will not lie to David. His offspring will continue forever. His throne like the sun before me, um, like the moon established forever. His faithful witness in the sky. But you have sworn. So this is a response to what uh, to what God is saying. And it says, uh, Uh, Yes. And so it says, but you have spurned and rejected him. You have become enraged with your anointed. You have repudiated the covenant with your servant. You have completely dishonored his crown. This is is in response to what God says. This is one of the Israelites telling him from his perspective, this is what God has done. Verse 40, you have broken down all his walls, his being David's. Um, You have reduced his fortified cities to ruins. All who pass by plunder him. He has become an object of ridicule to his neighbors. And we keep saying he, him, he's referring to David and David's lineage. Verse 42, you have lifted high the right hand of his foes. You have made all his enemies rejoice. You have also turned back his uh, sharp sword and have not let him stand in battle. You have made his splendor um, cease and have overturned his throne. You have shortened the days of his youth. You have covered him with shame. How long, Lord, will you hide forever? Will your anger keep burning like fire? Remember. 
how short my life is. You have created everyone for nothing. Or it says, have you created everyone for nothing? And so here we have a question, you know, Lord, you know, you've said all this stuff about David, but from my perspective, what I'm seeing is a breaking down and a looting and of, 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 of David's um, legacy. I'm seeing uh, an offshoot of David's people. I'm seeing them being um, uh, imprisoned. I, I see them being punished. I see the wicked rising up against them and what that. So I'm not seeing any of this evidence when you say that David's line will be, you know, existing forever, if you will. And so in verse 49, it says, Lord, where, um, where are the former acts of your faithful love that you, uh, that you swore to David in your faithfulness? And so he's saying, Lord, you know, you're, you're saying these things, but where are they? I don't, I don't see any evidence of it. And so what's going on, Lord? In verse 52, at, at, at the end of all of this uh, questioning of the Lord, then at verse 52, it says, blessed be the Lord forever. Amen and amen. And so we see here. Uh, that an Israelite son of the Lord is, is, is questioning what the Lord has been saying with regard to his faithfulness and favor to David based on what he has witnessed in his life. But at the end of all the questioning, he still says, blessed be the Lord, amen and amen. And so to me, that indicates that there, like I said before, his ways are above our ways, his thoughts are above our thoughts, which means that there are ways and thoughts that God has that we just cannot comprehend. We just don't know why. And so uh, what he's essentially saying from my perspective is, I don't get it because what I'm seeing is not in line with what, you, what you're saying. However, I have trust and faith in you, Lord. Blessed be to you, Lord, forever and ever. Amen and amen. And sometimes, you know, I think you just have to come to that place where you just accept God's sovereignty as God's sovereignty and just accept the fact that there are things that happen that you don't understand. That's called faith. Let's go on to, um, that's the end of book three of Psalms, so let's open book four of Psalms in Psalm chapter 90. And we see, uh, eternal God and mortal man, God's eternal nature is contrasted with man's frailty. Our time on earth is limited, and we are to use it wisely, not living for the moment, but with our eternal home in mind. Verse 1. And this is a, uh, a prayer of Moses. So this is one of the oldest Psalms in the book, because this is going back to the time of Moses. <clears throat> Lord, you have been our refuge in every generation. Before the mountains were born, before you gave birth to the earth and the world, from eternity to eternity, you are God. You uh, return mankind to dust, saying, return, descendants of Adam, for in your sight, a thousand years are like yesterday that passes by uh, like a few hours of the night. So it says, from your perspective, God, a thousand years are like a day. A thousand years to you are nothing. That's like a day. And so if a thousand years is like a day to the Lord, then the number of our days, be they 70, 80, 90, 100, whatever, that's kind of just a blip on the Lord's radar screen. And so that's kind of a humbling thought. Down to verse 10. Our lives last 70 years, or if we are strong, 80 years. Even the best of them are struggle and sorrow. Indeed, they pass quickly and we fly away. You know, the fleeting nature of life. I remember when I was growing up, 
You know, I'm, I'm on the doorstep of 60. And, and when I was growing up, I remember, you know, the adults would say, you know, life goes so fast, you know, make sure you take advantage and, and this, that, and other. And I was like, you know, when you're a teenager or, or a 20-something adult or whatever, you know, you, you, you don't have that same concept of time when you get in your 50s, 60s, and 70s because it all goes so fast. Uh, it doesn't seem like it to those that are younger because they don't have perspective yet but it all goes so quickly. And then in verse 12, it says, teach us to number our days carefully so that we may develop wisdom in our hearts. <clears throat> Man, I, I need to write this out as a poster and put it in my office. You know, uh, Psalms 90 chapter 12, or excuse me, Psalms 90 verse 12, teach us to number our days carefully so that we may de uh, develop wisdom in our hearts. None of us are going to be here forever. As it said, none of us are getting out of here alive. And so if we are progressing in years and not also progressing in wisdom, then we're foolish. We are absolutely foolish. In verse 14, satisfy us in the morning with your faithful love so that we may shout with joy and be glad all our days. Make us rejoice for as many days as you have humbled us, for as many years as we have uh, seen adversity. Let your work be seen by your servants and your splendor by their children. Hallelujah. You know, all of us who have children <clears throat> and all of us who call on the name of the Lord want our children to continue on and go further in their faith than we were ever able to accomplish. And so... That is a prayer that I have. Uh, let your work be seen. I want to see your works, Lord. And, and, and I want my children to see your splendor so that they understand who you are. And so that's a plea of mine. You know, show my children your splendor, Lord God. Show it to them so that they cannot deny it. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. In Psalm 71, uh, Psalm 71, Psalms 91 is a very, very... Um, famous psalm, if you will. It's, it's very uh, uh, well-renowned throughout the entire world. And uh, the introduction says, um, the protection of the Most High God doesn't prom uh, um, promise a world free from danger, but he does promise his help whenever we face danger. And so the Lord doesn't promise that we're not going to run into obstacles and bumps in the wall, in the road, or sometimes, you know, huge walls. But he does promise to be there to assist us as we navigate things and become overcomers, you know, because the word says in the New Testament that we are more than overcomers. You can't be an overcomer with no obstacles to overcome. And so if you're an overcomer, that, it, you know, implicitly uh, defines that you will have problems, you will have issues. <clears throat> Let's go through this in verse one. The one who lives under the protection of the Most High dwells in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say concerning the Lord, who is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust, he himself will rescue you from the bird trap, from the destructive plague. He will cover you with his feathers. You will make refuge under his wings. His faithfulness will be a protective shield. You will not fear the terror of the night, the arrow that flies by day. Verse 6, 
the plague that stalks in darkness or the pestilence that ravages at noon. Now, I don't know. This may be, you know, listened to uh, or viewed uh, years from now. I have no idea. Uh, right now, we're in November of 2020, and we are in the throes of a worldwide pandemic called COVID-19. And so uh, many believers in the Lord have flocked to this particular uh, chapter in Psalms, uh, and we can see why. In verse 6, the plague that stalks in darkness or the pestilence that ravages at noon. <clears throat> And so he's saying you will be protected from these things. Verse 7, though a thousand fall at your side and 10,000 at, right, at your right hand, the pestilence will not reach you. You will only see it with your eyes and witness the punishment of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord, my refuge, the most high, your dwelling place, no harm will come to you. No plague will come near your tent. No plague will come near your house. You know, no virus will come near your house <clears throat> because you have made the Lord uh, your refuge, the most high God, your dwelling place. He says in verse 11, for he will give his angels orders concerning you to protect you in all your ways. In other words, you are due assistance. Assistance will come to you via the Lord via his angels. Verse 12, they will support you with their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. And so the Lord is saying, via my angels, I will send them and they will protect you with their hands. Verse 14, because he has a heart set on me, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. Verse 15, when he calls out to me, this is God speaking, when he calls out to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and give him honor. I will satisfy him with a long life and show him my salvation. For those who call on me, this is what he says he will do. I highly suggest when you get into those times of anxiousness and concern and despair regarding this virus, visit Psalms 91, read it ingest it, internalize it. <clears throat> Let's go on to Psalm 92. The introduction says, God's love and faithfulness, be thankful and faithful every day. Verse 1, it is good to give thanks to the Lord and sing praise to your name, Most High. How magnificent are your works, Lord. How profound your thoughts. A stupid person does not know, a fool does not understand this. So if you're stupid or a fool, listen to this. <laughs> Though the wicked sprout like grass and all evildoers do flourish, they will be eternally destroyed. One of the problems with scripture like this is that <clears throat> when it comes to the wicked and evildoers and whatnot, it's not good enough to know that they will essentially get theirs for many of us. Many of us want to witness it. We want to see it. God doesn't promise that we're going to see their demise. He just says, they'll get it. You know, if they don't turn to me, they'll, they'll get it. And so our, 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 our spirit of retribu uh, retribution and vengeance wants to be satisfied. But the Lord doesn't promise to satisfy those things that dwell within us, those sort of things. And so he just says, have faith. They'll get what's coming to them, you know. And so... 
whether you see it or not, this is what will happen. <clears throat> In verse 12, the righteous strive like a palm tree and grow like a cedar tree in Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they thrive in the courts of our God. They will still uh, bear fruit in old age, healthy and green, to declare the Lord is just. He is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. And it says uh, the righteous will thrive like a palm tree, you know. Planted in the house of the Lord, they thrive in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit even in their old age. And so our culture is a culture that, um, uh, that not only minimizes, but, but uh, disrespects and discounts the aging and older age. And the Lord is saying here, even in our old age, we will bear fruit. Hallelujah. Psalms 93, it says, God's eternal reign, God's unchanging and almighty nature, his, uh, his creation reminds us of his great power. Verse 1, the Lord reigns. He is robed in majesty. The Lord is robed, enveloped in strength. Um, the world is firmly established. It cannot be shaken. Your throne has been established from beginning. You are from, uh, you are from eternity. In verse 5, Lord, your testimonies are completely reliable. Holiness adorns your house for all the days to come. Yes. Let's go on to chapter 94. The introduction says, To just God. God will keep his people from the severe punishment awaiting the wicked. Since God is holy and just, we can be certain that the wicked will not prevail. Verse 1. Lord, God of vengeance, God of vengeance, shine. Rise up, judge, uh, judge of the earth, repay the proud what they deserve. Lord, how long will the wicked, how long will the wicked celebrate? They pour out arrogant words, all the evildoers boast. Lord, they crush your people, they oppress your heritage. Uh, they kill the widow and the resident alien and murder the fatherless. They say the Lord doesn't see it, the God of Jacob doesn't pay attention. Verse 8, pay attention, you stupid people. Fools, when will you be wise? Uh, can the one who shaped the ear not hear? The one who formed the eye not see? And so the people are questioning, Lord, do you see this injustice going on? When are you going to do something? You know, they're questioning whether he's just, essentially. And so the response is, fool, pay attention. You know, he is the creator of the ear. He is the creator of the eye. Do you think that he can't hear or see what's going on? Verse 10, the one who instructs nations, the one who teaches mankind knowledge, does he not discipline? Verse 14, the Lord will not leave his people or abandon his heritage, for the administration of justice uh, will again be righteous, and all the upright in heart will follow it. Who stands up for me against the wicked? Who takes the stand for me against evildoers? If the Lord had not been my helper, I would soon rest in the silence of death. And so he's questioning how people are thinking. He says, if the Lord <clears throat> doesn't stand up against the wicked or doesn't uh, stand against the evildoers, then I wouldn't even be here. <sighs> Verse 22, but the Lord is my refuge. My God is the rock of my protection. He will pay them back for their sins and destroy them for their evil. The Lord our God will destroy them. Psalms 95, the introduction says, Worship and warning, an invitation to worship God. <clears throat> Verse 1, come, 
Let's shout joyfully to the Lord, shout triumphantly to the rock of our salvation. Let's enter his presence with thanksgiving. Let's shout triumphantly to him in song. Verse 6, come, let's worship and bow down. Let's kneel before the Lord our maker, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, the sheep under his care. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as at Meribah on the day on as on that day at uh, Massa in the wilderness where your ancestors tested me. They tried me, though they had seen what I did. For 40 years, I was disgusted with that with that generation. I said, uh, they are people whose hearts go astray. They do not know my ways. So I swore in my anger, they will not enter my rest. And so we certainly don't want to be like those people who forget the things that God has done. In chapter 96, King of the Earth, how to praise God. We can sing about him, tell others about him, worship him, um, give glory to him, bring offerings to him, and live holy lives. Verse 1, sing a new song to the Lord. Let the whole earth sing um, to the Lord. Sing to the Lord, bless his name, proclaim his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his wondrous works among all the peoples. Verse 7, ascribe to the Lord, you families of the peoples, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory of his name. Bring an offering and enter his courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Let the whole earth tremble before him. Chapter 97, introduction says, the majestic king, God, our awesome conqueror, is righteous and just. Verse 1, the Lord reigns, let the earth rejoice, let the many coasts and islands be glad. Fire goes before him and burns up his foes on every side. Verse 7, all who serve carved images, those who boast in um, worthless idols will be put to shame. All the gods must worship him. For you, Lord, are the most high over the whole earth. You are exalted above all the gods. You who love the Lord hate evil. You who love the Lord hate evil. He protects the lives of his faithful ones. He rescues them from the power of the wicked. Be glad in the Lord. You are righteous. Be glad in the Lord, you righteous ones, and give thanks to his holy name. Yes. Let's go to chapter 98. Praise the king. The song, and joy, uh, the song of joy and victory, because God is victorious over evil. All those who follow him will be victorious uh, with him when he judges the earth. Let's drop down to verse 4. Let the whole earth shout to the Lord, be jubilant, uh, shout for joy, and sing. Sing to the Lord with the lyre, uh, with the lyre and melodious song. With trumpets and the blast of the ram's horn, shout triumphantly in the presence of the Lord our King. Uh, Let the sea and all that fills it, the world and those who live in it, resound. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the mountains shout together for joy before the Lord. And and yeah, with that, I think we're going to terminate this particular episode. And we're going to pick it up in Psalms 99 tomorrow. Everybody have a blessed day. Bye-bye.